Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network in conjunction with the Sampson Family Foundation, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. Now here's Ralph and your host, Mac McDonald. Welcome in Center Court, Winner's Circle Network. And uh, boy, we, we've got a great guest coming up. I'll tell you in just a minute. And uh, Ralph, boy, NBA time. I think we've got, you know, we're going to settle in with a uh, a really nice finals, huh? I mean, I like this Celtics-Warriors uh, matchup a lot. Well, I mean, down the stretch, I, I wanted the Warriors to, to get there, and they did. And then I, didn't, I went in Miami because I know Bam Adebayo, but you saw the Celtics kind of rise to the occasion. They mm-hmm. have a first-year coach, you know, after all the Danny Ainge and other coaches. I mean, think about it. I leave. I'm the general manager. The coach leaves, and then this first-year coach comes and takes me to the finals. So, obviously, there's something there that's very special. But I think Steph Curry is still that guy that's got the grit and enough attention on him and Damon Green and all the cast of characters, Clay Thompson. And then I'm actually, since I played there, I got to go with the Warriors. So yeah. the Warriors are a special team for sure. The Celtics are as well, but I just think that the Warriors got enough, much more firepower with Steph Curry. I don't think I've ever asked you if you were, if you were teaching a class on winning an NBA championship, or winning in the NBA, and you went to the whiteboard. How would you, how would you detail how it's done? What boxes need to be checked? I know that's a cliche. What boxes need to be checked to build a winner? Well, I put it in, in some just some word. Dedication would be one of my first terms that I'll put first. You got to be dedicated to getting to the championship because it's only one team a year to, that, that wins, and it's very hard to get there. Think about a Chris Paul. 15, 16, 17 years in the league. Only been there once, which was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and most don't get to even the finals or, or to the playoffs. Uh, so dedication, perseverance, grit, and grind is the next two. Then all of a sudden, the last one is teamwork. Uh, because you, 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 you got to build a team. Think about Clay Thompson comes off of a two-year hiatus with injuries. Comes in, works his tail off for two years with major injuries. And gets back to playing at a very high level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he was dedicated to do to get that done. So that's why I think that team out there is a little bit more special than Boston right now because of Clay Thompson. I mean, he could have quit. He got plenty of money. He could have quit. Could have retired and been okay. But he wanted to still play. And he comes back and gets thirty some points in the playoff game, which is amazing. So I just think they have that edge factor at Golden State. Yeah, good. That's how you build chemistry, I think. So I wrote it down, by the way. It's going to be on a sticky note somewhere. Okay, somewhere. So today, Dan Patrick, the legendary, iconic, I could probably think of other adjectives, but Dan Patrick has been an institution in uh, TV, ESPN, radio, talk show, uh, personality. He's one of the best. And he's our guest today. We come back with Dan Patrick on Center Court on the Winter Circle Network. So stay tuned. The mission for the Samson Family Foundation is simple. We strive to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. The foundation promotes charitable and community input, educational development, health and fitness, and scholarship opportunities. The Samson Family Foundation's initiatives focus on patients with cancer, educational scholarship programs, and give students guidance in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. 
The Samson Family Foundation encourages limitless possibilities. Your financial support is tax deductible. To learn more, call 540-615-5097. The website is samsonfamilyfoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. Look, Donnie, nobody remembers what Tiger Woods did, let alone something that happened 25 years oh, ago. I'm telling you, when I walk down the street, people are like, there's that guy! All right, how about this? I'm doing a show on 80s train wrecks. Maybe I slip you in after that Millie Vanilli guy, all right? Who, Fab? Yeah. That would be huge, dude. How much money? Maybe 400 bucks. 400 bucks? Dude, I need 43 G-Birds. What, what are we talking about right now? You need $43,000? Are you back on drugs? This is Center Court, presented by the Winner's Circle Network in association with the Sampson Family Foundation. Welcome in. This is Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network and Mac McDonald 59190. Ding. Yeah, well, I could be dead. Ralph Sampson 74240. <laughs> ding. Ding, ding, right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, a ple- it's a pleasure to have one of the really, the, just one of the broadcast greats, just because he's one of my bosses. Um, Dan Patrick has just done so many things, awards, movies, it, it goes on and on and on. And with a wonderful philosophy and stick, we are we are just pleased to have Dan Patrick with us today, for sure. Yeah, it's my pleasure, for sure. I mean, the voice of Dan Patrick. And, and Mac, you was mentioning um, the movie Waterboard. I, I looked at that last week. How did this stuff come about? Because you were the voice, ESPN. My, my daughter worked there for a number of years. And but you don't think of broadcasters jumping from that to the movies, it, you know, you got you all over the place. So it's good. But how did that come about? And how do you enjoy it? What's your, what's your favorite movie you enjoy doing? I don't know if I have a favorite, but it happened accidentally because Sandler was looking to put Keith Oberman in uh, Happy Gilmore. There's a um, the fight scene with Bob Barker and there's uh, golf announcers there. And he was going to have Keith play the role that went to Vern Lundquist. And Keith didn't make it to Vancouver when they were shooting. And not too long after that, I saw Sandler at a Knicks game. And he was out in the hallways by himself. And he was on his phone. And I remember walking by and he said, uh, Danny P. And I looked over and I said, Mm -hmm. hey, Sandman. (laughs) And uh, he talked about Oberman didn't go. And they had to scramble and get Vern Lundquist. And I said, look, next time you need somebody, I'm here. And he goes, you're in my next movie. Wow. And I go, uh, okay. He goes, you're going to be Danny McBleepin' Patrick. You're going to wear a mustache <laughs> and you're going to be a police officer. Wow. And he put me in the longest yard. I'm right at the beginning as a police officer wearing a mustache. And we show up to arrest Sandler. And I think I've been in 22 or 23 movies since then. They wanted to have a cop. His name was Chris. And he's probably five, seven, and I'm six, three. And Sandler wanted that height disparity. He thought that that was funny. And then Sandler just ad lib jokes for that scene, making fun of that police officer. And then at one point I thought the joke was funny and I gave a high five to Sandler <laughs> and they kept it in the movie. I, yeah. I was just saying Damn, that was good. <laughs> and, and they kept it in the movie. Uh, and I thought I'd screwed up the take and Sandler goes, no, it, it's funny because the police officer is giving Paul Cruz the uh, a high five for a great line. Well, Dan, how did, did you meet 
Sandler ahead of time? Did you know him ahead of time or just right before that that took place? I don't know if I'd met him. You know, in the ESPN world, in the ESPYs, and, you know, we we were around so many different people. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm sure I ran across Sandler because he's such a sports fan and loves his basketball. So I'm guessing I crossed paths with him, but uh, he made it seem like we were friends when he saw me that time at, uh, at the garden, Madison square garden. Ralph, Dan has been a, you know, he was an anchor for 18 years. And of course, NBC's football night in America. (laughs) And um, he launched his radio show in 99, which just shows his, you know, just how stable and how good he's been over the years. And Dan, that's a credit to you. And we'll get to the, the school and everything. And early on, what was your philosophy as you were getting into the business I think to have a long shelf life, it would be no different than somebody going into the NBA and wanting to play for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, almost an Al Horford approach of what do I need to do? And I'm going to be a professional. I, I didn't look at myself as I was going to be a star. It's just, I wanted to do this the rest of my life. If I could get paid doing this, then I would have been the luckiest person in the world. Because it's a really, really tough business. It's really, really competitive. And I just wanted to be a team player. How, however I can be a part of this, great. And then, you know, I got to ESPN at the right time because SportsCenter just exploded in the mid-90s. And we had the This Is SportsCenter commercials. And there was just so much going on. And, and we went from this kind of fraternity to we became mainstream and this is where you watch sports and got your sports. But before then it's almost like it was word of mouth. And I, I was very fortunate to be there with some great people, great product. And I lasted 18 years. Wow. I mean, 18 years in that, well, I mean, being a basketball player, if I could get a, got, if I couldn't gotten an 18 year NBA career, I'd have been, I'd have been all right. But you know, when, you got no injuries. You got no, you don't have to fight any of that kind of stuff with injuries. You just got to sit there and work every day. So Longevity. So what, what was the turning point when you knew that you could do this? And, and did you ever imagine that you would be where you are today? Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't think that I could get to where I am and at my age still be doing this every single day. But um, I don't know if I ever got totally comfortable where I went, you know, I made it because I ESPN at the time didn't want stars. They had Chris Berman, but they didn't want stars. And they even said that that was the quote, we don't need any more Chris Berman's. They wanted everybody sort of under their thumb that nobody was going to stand out. You didn't know, even though outside of ESPN, we were being uh, honored, talked about, written about inside. We weren't treated like we were anybody different and uh, not that we should have been. It's just, I don't think we should have been going to work each day not knowing if we were going to get yelled at or scolded. Hmm. And, you know, we had a couple of moments where I wasn't sure if I was going to get fired, but it's just because they wanted to send a message. I thought through us to everybody else that, Hey, fall in line with what we're doing. And, uh, you know, nowadays they would embrace us, feature us, but back then they didn't. Um, And, you know, I, I think that was the one real regret that I had is we were supposed to be having a great time, but we weren't because management, you know, wasn't fully embracing us. It was, it was a weird dynamic that they, they just wanted talent to be over here and, uh, you know, speak when spoken to, and uh, we just became too big and they couldn't, they couldn't do anything about it. 
Well, Dan, when you, and of course the, the, the Olbermann days and the pairing and all that, did you have creative license? Did you have the ability no. to say, Hey, let's try this. Can we do this? No, no. It, it, it's not like Steph Curry comes down the floor and uh, you know, he's got to think of, is he allowed to take a shot from 35? You know, he doesn't have any conscience. We did every single day. We're like, and I wonder if we can do this. I wonder if we can. And, and we worked at, at, at night, 11 o'clock. Yeah. Our bosses, we thought maybe if they're asleep, we can try to get away with stuff. And, and really that's what it was. We tried to get away with things, say things. And if we didn't hear from them the next day, then we thought, okay, they probably weren't awake. And uh, they were inside jokes, but we were trying to entertain each other. And, and we had, I mean, Oberman was an incredible teammate, incredible, um, because he put the show first. And then it's live TV. You're going to make mistakes, have fun, embrace the mistakes. But management, if management had regrets, if they'd be honest, they would say they, they probably should have handled the mid-90s better than what they did. But look, I survived. Maybe tougher, maybe better. And, uh, you know, I'm lucky. I survived. Yeah, you mentioned teamwork and that whole, some people in the, that's listening don't believe this teamwork inside, you know, what you do, or they just think it's sports and teamwork and management, but you had many, many other layers than a, than, than a basketball team. You mentioned Steph Curry as well. I mean, you, you, you are coming down the court dribbling the ball, Magic Johnson style, no look passes, and you shoot the three pointer anytime you want to do it because you were Dan Patrick, but yeah. you had to build that. And I mean, everybody had to understand Steph Curry wasn't Steph Curry today that when he got in the league, he was a late round draft pick, he had ankle injuries, this, that, and the other. So he put a lot of work into that game, right? And I'm sure you put work in it today. So what's your day look like? You get up at five, you, how do you prepare for this? Because it's a lot of homework that goes in this thing that you do. And most people don't realize they think it's just Dan Patrick and this stuff is easy, but it's not. You never stop preparing, but I've been preparing for 35 years. You know, I, I was there when Jordan was winning titles or I'd be at the Olympics or I'd be there when uh, the Mets won the World Series or when the Cubs won the World Series. Uh, all these Super Bowls that I went to, all the Brady Super Bowls, that helps you prepare for these moments, these days, when a topic comes up and I can rely on my, my past experiences. But to be, you know, you have to be educated in today. Who are the athletes, the teams? You can't go, well, back in my day, because that you're tuning out an audience. Right, I, right. I want to talk about if it's Shohei Otani, and how great he is, and how would you compare him to somebody else, then I can draw on that, um, or have a guest, have his manager, Joe Madden, on. And I think that's what it is. You, it's hard to get credibility. It's easy to lose credibility. And every single day when you show up, you have to be credible. You have to get it right. And if you don't get it right, then say you didn't get it right, because you can get credit by, you know, kind of fact-checking yourself. I don't do hot takes. I don't believe in hot takes. I believe right. in strong opinions. There's a big, a big, big difference in that. Strong opinion means I've done some research. There are times when I go, I don't know. It's okay to say, I don't know. I don't have an opinion on this. But in today's sports world, you got to have a hot take, and that means it's got to be right off the top. And, and, and I just feel like those things come back to haunt you. And uh, every day you go into it, my motto is every day is the Super Bowl. It's you, you got it. I don't care who the guest is. 
I don't care if there's five topics or 25 topics. Every day is a Super Bowl. Make it great. Might be. I go back to what, you know, Michael Jordan would say. He always got dressed up on the road. He said that might be the only time they saw me in the lobby. And I respect that. This mm -hmm. might be the only time you hear me. I want to give you a reason to want to hear me again or watch the show again. Dan, the most money I ever made was like $5 million. Not poo-pooing on $5 million. That's, I've, I've been blessed. I don't care about money. But if somebody told me they were getting ready to give me $200 million, hey, I would be the skinniest power forward <laughs> in the history of civilization. You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Once again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome in Center Court, Winter Circle Network, Mac McDonald with Ralph Sampson, the one, the only, and the iconic voice of Dan Patrick, formerly of ESPN, his radio show in the launch in 99. Dan, I want to I want to touch that before we get away from it too, because sometimes TV guys don't want to do radio, but you've you've had such an affinity for radio, build a couple of very successful networks. What made you love the industry of uh, of radio? It's just the magic that comes out of those speakers. If you allow me in your car, I mean, that, that feels one-on-one, -on -one, and I love that. At least that's the feeling I have when I'm, I'm speaking to people. You're, I might be in your house. I might be in your office. I might be in your car. It's just like when I did SportsCenter, I might be in your living room. I might be in your bedroom. I, I really appreciated that, and I was honored. I never took it for granted that you allowed me in your life for however long, mm -hmm. might be 30 minutes, might be an hour, but you allow me to be part of your day. And I think going into it, radio was so much more immediate. Whereas TV, it's a whole lot to do one hour. I do three hours. You know, there's no makeup, there's no wardrobe, <laughs> there's none of that stuff. It's just, you show up, you have your voice. And that voice can do a lot. And I remember growing up, those voices were magical to me. I'd hear mm -hmm. a voice and it just brought me to a moment. Uh, Keith Jackson was college football. Mm -hmm. uh, ben Scully was baseball. You know, you would hear Marv Albert. Like there were just voices. And I just had a great appreciation for those sounds and what they meant to me growing up and wanted to be one of those voices in, in my career. Yeah, Mac, you could, you could resonate a voice with a sport. You know, mm -hmm. if yeah. you had Howard Cosell in boxing or yeah. Mar Rowett, I mean, NBA basketball, whoever, you could you could recognize that voice in the sport. And so after you build that voice over the years, everybody talks about what sport would you rather commentate or, or announce in your career? Which one, what, you know, what's your favorite sport? You're 6'4", you have to play a little basketball somewhere, I'm sure. Everybody that you said before, you wanted to play basketball. No, I, I did water polo, so it's kind of crazy. But you know, <laughs> what sport would you enjoy the most in commentating today if you had your choice? How good would you have been at water polo? <laughs> I'd have been pretty good because I could touch the bottom of the, of the pool. Okay. I, I love the story, the sport that has the story attached to it. And because and you can tell that story. Now, watching football, there's always something going on there. Basketball. You know, find the storyline. Sometimes you have to find a storyline. That makes it a little bit harder. But I've, I've covered, I think, um, 35 Super Bowls. Uh, the NBA Finals, there I think I covered uh, probably 12 to 14. I was there when you were uh, facing the Celtics in the Garden, Ralph. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was there. I was there. You know what stood out? Craig Elo didn't even play. Didn't even play. <laughs> but he worked out harder than anybody who played yep. prior to the game. They put him through workouts. Yep. And I kept thinking, what are they getting this guy ready for? He he was our twelve. He was our thirteenth man on a twelve man roster. He couldn't get off the bench. And, you know, and but, he turned out to be a pretty good player. He did. I mean, yeah, iconically, he's uh, got posterized by Michael Jordan on a yeah. couple of those shots. And it was a push-off. Everybody said it was a push-off or not. But <laughs> but he, he worked his tail off for sure. I felt bad for Elo because, you know, there are a lot of guys who got posterized by Michael. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But this is the jumper. Yes. <laughs> like, like, it's just weird that Mike, Mike went up, Elo went up, Mike kept going up. Elo started to come back down <laughs> and then Mike hits the shot and Elo did everything that you could do against Mike. Yep. And except for keep going up when Mike was going up there. But I, I remember watching and you'll love this conversation I had Ralph. I'm at uh, the, I'm at March madness final four. I'm sitting with Mark Jackson, Patrick Ewing and John Barry. Mm -hmm. Now, Mark Jackson, who I worked with uh, on the uh, NBA coverage, knew that I loved Akeem Olajuwon. I, he's my favorite center of all time. So we're sitting with Patrick Ewing. Now, I hadn't really met Patrick. I mean, I'd been around him. I covered him uh, uh, from afar when he was at Georgetown. But, you know, he was never friendly with the media. So we're sitting there. And I'm nervous because I don't think Patrick wants me there. You know, he doesn't like the media and he's there with Mark. He's good friends with Mark. And I'm there with John Barry and Mark Jackson goes, tell him who your favorite center is to Patrick Ewing. And I'm going, Oh boy, this, <laughs> this isn't, isn't going to turn out. Well. This, ain't, this ain't pretty. And I go, um, Akeem. <laughs> and he goes, I would take Akeem over me too. Oh, and, wow. And we just laughed. That changed our relationship. That, that meal that we had, we stay in touch on a semi-regular basis now. And I consider him a friend, but I never knew him. And I always tell people when he comes on my radio show, people always respond. They go, gosh, we thought he was, a, you know, a mean guy or angry guy or a nasty guy. And I, I think everybody thought that because Patrick gave that impression. Yep. And, and I think being in this business long enough that I see you in college, I see you in the pros. I see you when you retire, right? I'm still doing it. It's like, I I'm, I'm still able to do it, but I, now I get, you know, the, the uh, sons of basketball players or football players <laughs> and I'm covering them as well, which is a little odd, but you know, I've been, I've been fortunate to be around great events and, you know, I was there when magic hit the hook, hook shot at the Boston garden. Yep. Mike put up 63 on the Celtics. Like when you see those moments, uh, that's, I mean, I, I never took it for granted. When Michael, you know, hit the game-winning shot against the Jazz, I was there interviewing yep, yep, yep. him right after. Um, you're, I, I'm just fortunate to be able yeah. to chronicle things. So when somebody says, well, you know, how much knowledge do you have of the NBA? I started watching the NBA in person in 1970. Wow. I'm, I'm one of the few people in the media who can say they saw everybody but Bill Russell play. I saw Wilt play in person. You know, Jerry West, Pete Merritt. I mean, you go down the list, I've seen them all. Sure. So when somebody says, oh, make a comparison or make an argument, I can go, okay, I can. You can I, at least I, do that, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, got a, I got a good base to work off there. But um, I, I would probably say, long-winded way of saying football, 
just because of the importance of it in society. Right. And it never ceases to amaze and it never disappoints. Like there's always a story, a great story, a different story, an awkward story. And uh, it just, it, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Now, but going back to, I mean, I mean, I've, I've watched videos of Kareem and Wilt and Bill and all that, and you saw Wilt play. Now, Shaquille O'Neal would say he could have killed Wilt, uh, whatever. And I'm like, uh, Shaq, you don't understand that Wilt averaged 50 and 20, played against Bill and the whole crew. So they always say, then who's the GOAT, the greatest of all? I mean, Ali's the greatest of all time, I'm sure everybody would be there, but I don't know how you rate the greatest of all time. If it's championships, is it, what is it? But you saw the NBA when it was not good across the board and it became good when Julius and those iconic players start to play and then Larry and Magic took it to another level. So take me through your, your idea that who's the greatest in your mind, but I always do it in eras, not just for, for life, but what's yeah. your opinion? Because I, I have this debate all the time when I talk to people. I would like to start the who's the greatest in 1980. Let's start it and and look at that as maybe the modern era of college or uh, pro basketball. And then prior to that, where you had George Mikan or Bob Pettit, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you throw in Bill Russell, you can throw in Wilt. I mean, Wilt was unbelievable, but he wasn't polished. Right. But if he was playing against Shaq in Shaq, if, if I said, all right, Wilt, how big are you going to be? If you're going to play in Shaq, he was seven foot one to 75. Mm-hmm. Will Chamberlain didn't look like he weighed more than 250 because of the way he was built. He was a right. great athlete, track and field, volleyball player. Mm-hmm. And I, I talked to uh, Kareem about this. I think it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked about Wilt. And he said, you know, did Wilt get your, your uh, hook, you know, sky hook? He goes, he got it twice. He never got it again. <laughs> so that, and, and Kareem was, you know, I, I still look at Kareem and think he's underrated, but right. you know, we never root for the big man as you know, uh, mm-hmm. very well, but I, I Wilt would have adapted. Now would Bob, Bob Cousy be a great player today? No, he wouldn't. Would he be somebody who could play in the NBA? I don't know. Probably not. That's why I don't want to do a disservice to what he did in his era. Right. But like Elgin Baylor, Elgin Baylor was an unbelievable athlete. Yep. Jerry West could have played today. Maravich could have played today. There's a lot of guys that we look back and go, Oscar could have played today. Uh huh. But it feels like if you start at 1980, you know, that was sort of the, the, the new NBA. Then I think you can be fair to the older players let them have their generation of who's the greatest players or, you know, greatest player out of that group. But, uh, you know, Bill Russell won. Right. Would Bill Russell be Draymond Green now? Would he be Ben Wallace now? Because, you know, Russell couldn't shoot, but he was athletic. He'd be a great uh, sort of uh, off-ball defender. But I don't, you know, he's not going to be dominant. Uh but he, he would still, he'd be a winner for you. Right, he, he would right. do, he could be, you know, uh, defensive presence, rebound, whatever you might uh, have him do. Uh, I can't argue with Jordan, obviously, but I do think LeBron will be the most decorated player of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to be the all-time leading scorer. He'll be up there in steals. 
He'll be up there in assists. And if he only ends up with, you know, four titles, he's going to be more decorated than Michael. He's a greater player than Michael if you factor in the totality of this. He's going to play 20 years. Right. And 20 years at a high level. Averaging, you know, when he averages 27, we go, what happened? <laughs> he led the league in assist a couple right. of years ago. I mean, he's the second greatest point guard of all time behind Magic. So I, I, we're always going to, I think, underrate LeBron because we don't want him to be better than Michael Jordan. Okay, but what I'm saying... And I didn't do anything to her. But you were involved in it. No, I was not involved. You didn't know any... And I proved that. You knew nothing about what Jeff and no, Sean were doing. No, I did not. Not until after the fact. Okay. Hold on a second. Paul wants to talk to you. Yeah, Paul. What's happening? Uh, we're doing a radio interview. I understand. We're touching on the old subject. And it was live, so it was so much, there was so much tension around it. Building a game plan for life. It's basketball and beyond. We return to Center Court with Hall of Famer Ralph Sampson. Welcome back, Center Court Winter Circle Network, the legendary voice of Dan Patrick with us on, on Center Court. Um, best moment, funniest moment, maybe then the, uh, the moment that you were really, really down in the industry. Everybody goes through that where it's just, wow, I don't know if, I, if I'm going to do this anymore, whatever. But your, your highest moment, your funniest moment, maybe, and then, and then what was your lowest moment? I think when Oberman left. I was bummed because mm -hmm. you you only have that person for a finite amount of time. I mean, it's like Ralph, you're with the team. Right. It only lasted for a little while, and then then it's gone, and you'll never get that back. Nope. And you know, they're just a, a few teammates that I had where it was just something that was a little bit more special. Um, that was a bummer. I think when I realized that I needed to leave ESPN, and I didn't want to. I've been there 18 years and I just mm. kept thinking, don't be a quitter, but I wasn't enjoying myself. And then I started to kind of go, okay, you know, should I be doing this? And I needed to get my ass kicked and I needed to get humbled. I needed to be, you know, down and let's create something. And, you know, I was 50 and it, it wasn't a midlife crisis or mid career crisis. It was more of just, I want to be great. Like I, I thought that I'd leveled off and I just, I didn't, I couldn't accept that. And uh, while it was a low moment, it turned out to be a, a great moment mm -hmm. in retrospect. But what, what do you get that itch factor from? Was it parents for the upbringing? Because most people don't have that. I can put it in another gear and get my ass together and go and make this thing work. I'm just a competitor. Yeah. Definitely. No matter what I compete. I don't care what it is. And if I'm interviewing somebody, I, I'm going to compete that this will be better than anybody else. And, and that's there every single day. And the guys that I work with understand that. Not that they can be to the level I am competitively or a perfectionist, but this is who I am. I'm not changing, yep. can't change, but I, I just don't want to leave this business and go, gosh, you know, I kind of mailed it in. And I, and I was doing that at ESPN. The last three years, I thought, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going through the motions here. Now, can't afford to do that. You know, I go from a place that employed thousands of people to I'm, I'm with 12 people here. We make this happen uh, with 12 people. And I, I'm more proud of that 
right. than I was what I had at ESPN. And, uh, you know, it's just, if, if you're not excited and you're mailing it in, then the people that work with you we'll may do, do the same, same thing. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, I, I lead and I want you to follow, but if you lead, I'll follow you as, as well. I don't have all the answers, but I'll find the answers. Dan, your vision though, did you have a vision on how you wanted your, your radio show to sound with the Danettes and what you wanted and the way it was produced and how it was going to go and that interviews were going to be key. Did you have a distinct vision in building it? I wanted to have a conversation. I didn't want to be a singular voice. I was tired of hearing from me. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to have guys from different backgrounds, different perspectives and different age groups and, and let them be involved in the conversation. And therefore, that's what it is. It's a conversation, and it can take you in a lot of different directions. Instead of just having me, you know, as a solo host and a soliloquy all the time or a monologue, I, I just I don't want to hear that. And as far as the interviews, they stay out of the interviews. I conduct the interviews. Mm -hmm. But we have fun. I mean, that's it. Every single day. Even during the pandemic. Yet, you know, you had the Jordan documentary that helped or Tom Brady going to Tampa we look back and it made us closer because every single day you had to go, what are we going to talk about? Right. And it was, while it was challenging, it's some of the most rewarding moments I've had as a broadcaster, because we, we made something, we helped people in, in whatever degree, every single day, we gave you a voice, you knew the voice it's comforting and you let me in your life. And I just, whatever role we played, I'm thrilled we got that opportunity and we never took it for granted. Never. Uh, the, the pandemic will definitely make you rebuild, rethink and, and research all the new technology because you've seen radio go from where it was to podcasts, to oh, yeah. social media, to the evolution of it. And that's been dramatic, even over the pandemic. It, I mean, you start to read stuff because you're at home, you're just hanging out and you try to figure it out. But, and your staff, I'm sure did the same thing, but what's the biggest change you've seen since the pandemic to now and uh, in, in the, in the business that you're in, because it's, it's, it's crazy what we, what we live in, where we live in today. Well, I think we got exposed to an audience that may not have heard us because they were at home. Okay. You know, they, they weren't at work. They couldn't go to work. And we had an opportunity to almost audition for these people. And as a result, you know, our audience grew exponentially mm -hmm. and the number of radio stations that picked us up, uh, our podcast, had really incredible numbers, has incredible numbers. In fact, in some markets, we're not even on a local radio station, but our podcast does crazy numbers in those cities. And, you know, we're lucky that we, we had that opportunity. Uh, you know, I guess we're all looking for a silver lining during the pandemic, and that might have been it. It allowed me to talk to my audience, also allowed me to talk to a different audience. And they've stayed with us. The Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting is making its mark. And Ralph, because we have played their commercials and see, Dan, you know, I asked Ralph, can we play Dan Patrick commercials and if we've got inventory? And Ralph says, absolutely. <laughs> so, so you've well, been, thank you. but, but the vision of the school and what you had at the very beginning and when the talk, those talks started, how'd that happen? Well, I wanted to be able to, I, I guess the short story is I had a friend who had a son who went to LSU and 
they wanted me to talk to him about broadcasting. He had already graduated. And I said, do you have internships? He goes, no. Like he had no experience and he graduated and he wanted to get into broadcasting. And I said, oh, you're not going to get into broadcasting. Like you got to put in the work early. And, and it stayed with me because I could see his face and I had just taken away the hope there. <laughs> but I was being honest with him because it's you got to start this as a freshman in college or a senior in high school. You got to have an internship, do a podcast, do volunteer, anything, anything you can get in front of people who then you can go back to when you graduate. And I talked to my agent, Reed Bergman, and I said, I'd like to start a school. I'd like to start something where we can help these students. And he had the idea of going to Full Sail University in Orlando. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know about Full Sail. He goes there and he says, hey, what do you think about this? And then they came back and said, yes, we're open to it. Mm -hmm. Met with them, huh. had to develop the curriculum, had to hire the faculty, had to hire the person who was going to be on the ground in Gus Ramsey. And then we started with five students. And I'm forever indebted to those five students. They took a chance. Their parents took a chance. All five still working in the business. Mm -hmm. And we have over 400 students now, either online or on campus. But we're giving you the answers to the test before you take it. We want you to know what you need to do to work at ESPN. Or if you're going to have a podcast, do you want to be a director or a producer? You want to be a reporter? These are all things that are taught, how to interview, how to use your voice, all of those, how to be a professional, how to dress, how to put on makeup, all of these things. And your degree is in sportscasting. And it's, there are very few places in America that will allow you to have a bachelor's degree in as little as 20 months. And Full Sail has been wonderful because they understand the immersive uh, projects. We have two, over 200 years of experience with the teachers at the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. They've all been, they've all done it at a very high level. Therefore, when they speak, you listen. And the students, they are there. And I said, this is your first job. You're not going to college. This is your first job. Now act like it. Yeah. And, and they do. And they have to. And then we help them get jobs. We will stay in touch with them the rest of their careers. And I tell them, your first job, their relationship doesn't end. The umbilical cord is not severed. You keep going. We keep going with you because I don't care who you are, how good you are, how famous you are. You go up the escalator, you go down the escalator yep. and, and we'll be there for you. And it's been maybe the most rewarding thing I've ever done in the business because you're actually changing lives. Like somebody is going to get a job as a sportscaster on air yeah. and you're helping them with those jobs or behind the scenes. And yeah. That's something that's hands-on, tangible. You see somebody do something that they've always wanted to do. Uh, it's it, 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 there, There's nothing that you could give me that's more rewarding than that. Ralph, if you could be 6'4 instead of 7'4, would you sign up for that coming out of, let's say in high school, you're 6'4, mm -hmm. not 7'4? Well, if, you know, if I, if I still had the same passion that I have for playing the game of basketball, sports, and life, I, I could care less what height I, I, I was or am. But after you retire, being 7'4", 
I mean, people recognize me, yes, but some people don't. But I can go to somewhere and say, "You, you tall. You must have played basketball." <laughs> you know, so I get that more than I get. You know, then when I say the name, then people can resonate with that. But I usually I'm just Ralph. You know, you ever you ever played? No, I never played. You know, so it just depends on where I go and what I do. I I have a lot of fun with it. You know, anywhere I go. Well, I remember seeing Mark Eaton at the airport. He's one of the biggest men I've ever. Oh my seen. gosh, yes. And I, I just. I don't know how comfortable you are at seven, five walking around because life isn't normal for you. Now, great gave you, you know, great opportunities or wealth. But at the end of the day, you're still seven, four in a world that doesn't really cater to somebody seven, four. Well, you got to understand I'm seven, four, two forty. Mark Eaton, seven, five, 300, (laughs) you know, so the shoulders was wider. And then, you know, first time I met, got the NBA, Mark Eaton, I had Elvin Hayes, Caldwell Jones, all the guys said, you know, just wait, just wait till you get up to Mark Eaton, the mountain. I'm like, who the hell is Mark Eaton? I mean, you know, come on. I'm not scared of Mark Eaton. And when you see him like, oh, oh my God, I mean, he's just so big. But then you're like, okay, if I can run him up and down the court and beat him, I I can can get him. So Yao Ming is the biggest man I've ever met. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. Because Yao Ming makes Shaq look normal. Yeah. And yep. Yao, like Yao Ming and Andre the Giant are two of the biggest people that I've ever met. And, you know, that you see Yao Ming and you're like, God, he is huge. I have a picture of my office guy, Yao Ming, me, Dwight Howard, Akeem, and, and um, uh, Elvin Hayes. And Yao Ming's towering over everybody. <laughs> I mean, Heist and Wes and girls. His suit, my suit would fit in his suit. <laughs> Three times, you know, uh, so he's he a big man. He had that big base to him, you know, he when did. you're a, a big man and you're down on the blocks and it's like. He, he can't move him. No. Awesome. Move him. I'm uh, glad we got to end with the, I, also the, the laugh of Dan Patrick. It <laughs> literally makes it, it's one of the great laughs, uh, radio and TV. It yeah. truly is. Well, so. I get a lot to laugh about, but Mac, yeah. thank you. And thank and you, Ralph, Dan. Let's thank talk you. to you soon. I, I do for you. Let me know. We look forward to seeing you again. Thank you guys. Thanks, Thanks. CP. See you soon. Center Court and Winter Circle Network returns right after this. Almost a turnover there and leaves McKim open the step. Discover the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. Approach it like it's a job. This is an assignment. You know, this is your words on a, a videotape or a radio. We're going to be able to listen to it and grade you. Hall of Fame broadcaster Dan Patrick. Anybody can make a big game sound big. Can you make something small sound bigger? That's the challenge. From play-by-play to producing to anchoring, we have your invitation. You should be learning now. You should be progressing. You should be a finished product, at least to the best of your ability, by the time you've graduated. We want you already midway, if not all the way through that. So when you come out, you're ready to go and ready to get a job. The Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting is located at Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida. It's time for you to discover your next journey. Figured the Giants would come out and take Chubb. The Jets would take a quarterback. Wait, wait, is this Joe Pesci? No. Oh, it's not. other people probably said the same thing. (laughs) Oh, you do. You sound like Joe Pesci. (laughs) Really? Yes. Can you say, how am I funny to you? How am I funny to you? (laughs) (laughs) The Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation present Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball star Ralph Sampson. Again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome back, Center Court, Winner's Circle Network. I know we say this almost every week. 
How good was Dan Patrick? <laughs> well, Mike, you've been saying we, we need to get him on. We everybody around the world knows Dan Patrick, but to get him on and see his 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 just stick and how he's got to where he got. I mean, I don't I I, I wouldn't I'd want to sit down with him one day. Like he saw Wilt Chamberlain play. Mm-hmm. You know, he's seen Kareem, he's seen Shaq, he's seen Yao Ming. Not too many people can can say that. Yeah. Um and 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 understand how they love the game or play the game. He did it from a sportscaster view and not a fan view. Mm-hmm. But he became a fan over the years. But and then sit down with you know a Patrick Young and talk about Akeem Olajuwon. They say, oh, I, I like Akeem Olajuwon better. Than I like you. That that has some nerves to do that in front of Patrick because I may not like you, Dan. If you told me you know that you don't like me, you like Kareem, I do the right. way. But but we probably would have played around as well. But a special interview, I enjoyed it. I mean, we we got to get him back at some point. At least sit down with him and yeah. just hang out because he's a special person. And and you put all that in his bowl of chili. Oh yeah, he's been in all these Adam Sandler movies. Oh my gosh, whatever. Yeah. And he wears dumb mustaches and ugly wigs, <laughs> and he plays these people that and they're 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 cameo roles. They're really brief, but they're so funny. So the ego, he could easily say, "Don't make me look like a fool." But when you see Dan Patrick in some of these movies, he looks ridiculous. <laughs> but, I mean, but I mean, he got a, a little little comic relief oh, in his body, absolutely. right? And his it, sense it, it of makes humor. It fun. And as I said at the end, I love his laugh. I've always loved his laugh. And yesterday uh, I was listening to the Charles Barkley interview was so good. Barkley was talking about Zion Williamson's weight. Right. And, uh, you know, this 200 million, this $186 million deal that Zion could get. And, and Dan was asking, you know, Charles, what would you do? And Charles said, well, first of all, there's 200 million on the line. He goes, I would get as skinny as I possibly could. For a minute anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good, but that's uh, but that's super. All right, before I let you go, how are things at the how are things at the restaurant? I have to ask. I haven't talked about the restaurant. How are things at the at the tap room? The tap room is good. It's keeping me busy, but uh, we're now open for lunch Tuesday to Friday, uh, from eleven to four. So things are moving and grooving a little bit. You know, school is out. It's hot. We got the outside patio with some misters on now and TVs and. Music is popping on the weekend, so it's exciting. We got more staff people coming in now because of summer jobs, so it's moving in the right direction. Ah, uh, I gotta get there. Just I have, to, I have to get there. So have a good week. We got a lot of good stuff coming up in the uh, upcoming months or so. But anyway, you um you have a good couple of days. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Have a good weekend. All right, for Ralph Sampson, I'm Mac McDonald at Center Court, and that is the Winner's Circle Network. You've been listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Our podcast is available on the Believe Network at BLEAV.com. Center Court is presented by the Winter Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. For more information, log on to SampsonFamilyFoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. Teamwork makes the dream work. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.